Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You have turned into Remote Control's latest episode. Listen in as the GCRN crew talks TV from 2000 to now with pilot and season premiere episodes, finishing finales, and season passes as well. Now get ready to change the channel with your remote control as we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of television. All from the GeekCast Radio Network, we are all remote controlled. Hello, friend. That's lame. Maybe I should give you a name. But that's a slippery slope. You're only in my head. We have to remember that. Shit. This actually happened. I'm talking to an imaginary person. What I'm about to tell you is top secret. A conspiracy bigger than all of us. There's a powerful group of people out there that are secretly running the world. I'm talking about the guys no one knows about, the guys that are invisible. The top 1% of the top 1%, the guys that play God without permission. And now I think they're following me. Grab that remote control because the GCRN's brand new TV podcast is here. We are calling it Remote Control. I am your host, Tia and Mike. And joining me for the first time here on the GCRN and Remote Control is the kitchen couch potato herself, Jennifer Bragg. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. That's good. You might know her from thetelevixen.com or potentially TV POV. She also works in factual TV industry but spends her evenings consuming and uh, commenting on fictional TV. So, remote control. We are here, people. It is the 2015-2016 season. We are starting a little early. Most of our pilot premieres from last season were broadcast network only. None of the cable networks had any shows last year in, you know, September, October, whatever the fall season usually is. Uh, That really piqued my interest enough to do a podcast on any of them. (laughs) it just wasn't my thing. Uh, so I stuck with the broadcasts, uh, broadcast networks. But we're kind of branching out this year because USA Network has started a summer series. Now, technically, we're not into the full fall TV season yet because, well, let's face it, it's still June here. We just fin- Actually, um, we just finished up our finishing finales from last TV season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so for Jennifer, who, who may or may not know... Pilot premieres and finishing finales are my way of pilot premieres. We sit there, we talk about the new show, we talk about the pilot episode. Finishing finales, we talk about the overall show, and then we spoil the hell out of the season or series finale, depending on if the show got canceled or not. And some of the, you know, I think we had seven to nine different pilot premieres last year, and I think only four of them made it to finishing finales. (laughs) Uh, Stuff like... Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, if we're not going to sit there and stick with the show, then there's no sense in doing a podcast on it. Stuff like Forever. Did you, um, do, did you do a pilot on <laughs> Yes, I'll have to send you the link. Yeah, no, you I know, hated we, that. <laughs> <laughs> we did pilot premieres last year for Gotham, Scorpion, Stalker. Um, yeah. What is the other? Uh, and poor Stalker, uh, that, know, that show. That was, I, I would, I would work out. I, that was like a background show. Yeah. I clean my room to Stalker, like, but you know, you can't, you can't give it your full attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Stalker, Flash, Red Band Society, another show that sadly did not last too long forever. And then we went into a few season passes and art. This is kind of a, a new info for Gen folks, so excuse me here. We also do season passes where, you know, I'll say to somebody, okay, if you want to be on this show, this show, or this show, watch the, the first season of this or watch the second season of this. And we did season passes for Arrow, uh, 
we did because the show got canceled. We did all three season passes for Dallas 2012. We did a season pass for Marvel's Daredevil. Um, so yeah, that's been the tale of the tape for Remote Control. And like I said, we're here now to start the 2015-2016 season a little bit early with Mr. Robot from USA Network. Um, I just started seeing ads for this thing. And I it, like I actually watched it on demand before it actually premiered June 24th. Right. Because um, I guess they leaked it a week early to get buzz. Kind of like that whole Supergirl stuff, you know, leaking it four or five months early yeah, or something. It's a popular, it's a popular classic now. I think it, you know, <laughs> that, people were really afraid to do that before because the idea of leaking anything was scared uh, major networks. Mm-hmm. But they're realizing now that it... it it's just one episode, and, and it really builds that buzz. Unless it's terrible, and I suppose it's just <laughs> people are like, don't, don't tune in. Yeah, we're going to eventually have an episode on remote control where we talk about why any television network, doesn't matter if it's the big four or five broadcasts or if it's any case, why these networks put so much money and so much time and effort behind a show when they don't even end up keeping it for one full season. Right. Like, if the ratings are so bad, like, think about this, though. And, and, and we are going to talk about this later in another episode, but if you really think about it, they, they put all this stuff, all this promotion into Twitter, yep. Facebook, Pinterest, all this stuff, all these Twitter handles and whatever else, yep. and it gets, well, NBC's Playboy Club is a perfect example. I loved that show, and it had three episodes. I started, <laughs> and I, I didn't get around to watching it before it got canceled, and then I thought, well, why bother now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that is a very interesting point. Although I think that they do it, actually, they they cancel things less quickly now because ratings are, they're so, nah, I wouldn't say low, but they're much lower across the board than they were, say, 10 years ago. So networks will give things actually more time. There's a couple of, like, you know, early where they put the axe down and it's done. But it's interesting mm-hmm. to see them kind of stick with things that, that don't have the ratings. And I think in certain cases it's like, it's more expensive for them to keep it on the air if the um, if the ratings are so bad and they know that the, they're not going to be able to get advertisers. They, they'd rather pull it and put in a repeat of, like, say it's CBS, CBS who's the one that really does it the most because they have <laughs> They'd rather just repeat the Big Bang Theory, and that's going to get them more ad revenue yeah. than some of the shows Very. that they debut. But. Very true. That's because it's a ratings giant it's at this point. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mr. Robot debuted June 24th, 2015 on the USA Network. The show length is uh, roughly around one hour with ads. It's probably anywhere between 40 and 46 minutes without ads if you watch it on demand or whatever. There's going to be one season of 10 episodes so far, so that's really all I know. I haven't... It, it's That's the other thing that's strange is if you get a pilot... And you, you know, the pilot does well automatically. Hey, before we even air the other nine episodes, you get a season two or what, whatever. And it's that, that's a whole other strange thing to me. Well, that's what they did with this one. They've already given, yeah. they've already given it the season two before the pi- pilot even aired. Yeah. And I guess that must have been uh, some buzz from the the preview, right? That must. Yeah, it, it had to have been. Um, but this show, I mean. There hasn't been a USA show since White Collar that I've been really this excited about. <laughs> I mean, I was never a Burn Notice fan. Okay. As as much as I love, <laughs> as much as I love Bruce Campbell, I'm sorry, I hate the character of Michael Weston. I just can't stand that guy. Um, so, but Mr. Robot, the overall premise uh, series follows Elliot. Alderson, a young cybersecurity engineer who assumes the role of a vigilante hacker by night, Elliot meets a mysterious anarchist known as Mr. Robot, who recruits Elliot to join his team of hackers, F Society. Elliot, who has a social anxiety disorder but connects to people by hacking them, is intrigued but uncertain he wants to be a part of the group. Um, what was your first initial impression? Did, did, did you see a, a promo for this? How did you find out about this show? No, I didn't. I don't. I rarely see promos for things um, unless they have, you know, the weirdest thing is the promos that I always see are literally driving by billboards and in the subway <laughs> because I, I guess I try to avoid commercials so much that that those are the ones that I actually end up catching is just literally drive by. Oh, that looks interesting. What's that about? But 
this was all word of mouth. Um, people have just been telling me, oh, this is one of the best pilots I've seen in years. You've got to check this out. And USA, honestly, for, for myself, it's not really on my radar that much. I've started to get into it more. I've been uh, back watching Suits, which is, I, I enjoy, I enjoy that. But it's, um, yeah, it hasn't been on my radar really, so... Uh, for me, like I said earlier, I might have said this off air to you, but I, you know, here I'll say it again. I, I honestly don't. No, I know what it was. I saw an ad because I'm always watching TV. I'm just <laughs> between TV and the internet. That's how I live my life at this point. Um, right. <laughs> you know, and and I'm always watching stuff. And because I watch Monday Night Raw on USA. They ran an ad for this, and I'm like, "Wait, what? What was that?" And I had to actually rewind my my DVR, and I'm like, "Oh, that looks really, really cool." And then I found out that it was on demand early, and I'm like, "Oh, I'll watch it," and it blew me away. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. I I mean, there are two shows currently that are all about tech, and and, and, you know, cyberspace and the internet. And that's CBS's CSI Cyber. Say what you want about the CSI brand, but Cyber was pretty good. And I think they are getting a second season as well. And this, Mr. Robot, it's all about, you know, computers and, and all this stuff and hacking. And honestly, there hasn't been anything about hacking this good since 1995's Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of that stuff goes right over my head because I'm I'm not a techie. I like computers, but in more in a creative sense, you know, I'm not, yeah. you know, half the stuff that people talk about on these shows is just whoosh. So <laughs> I, it has to, the other stuff has to draw me in, which it really did. I think you probably get a little extra out of it if, if you are hack savvy, I guess. But uh, I am not. So. I mean, I'm, I'm not either. I enjoy learning about this stuff. Like, you know, like how he's explaining how he, he's, how the main character, Elliot, is interacting with people, but he's not interacting with people the way he, as I already said, the way he interacts with people is he hacks their lives. Yeah. And he learns about them and gets attachments that way, which, it's a little creepy and weird and whatever, but it's the way the, you know, it's the way his character works. Um... My one fear about this show, because there's been well, there's been one other show that has had this actor in it that just completely failed, and I don't know if it was the show's fault or his fault. Christian Slater. Oh, there's been more than one. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the one that I really, really enjoyed was NBC's uh, My Own Worst Enemy, uh, yeah. where he played that 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 double life kind of thing and. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. No, what's his name from. Um... From Yes, Dear was his his best friend or buddy or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I really liked that show, and NBC just pulled the plug on that. And then NBC, I don't want to turn this into an NBC bashing, but NBC then, <laughs> three or four years later, did the exact same premise called Do No Harm. It, one guy, two different personalities, same damn thing. Oh, tried Jekyll to, Hyde with the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I didn't really realize that. I didn't think it was the same premise, but now that you're saying that, it does make sense. I mean, because only one of them was deliberately compared to the Jekyll and Hyde, and that was Do No Harm, and the other one was more of, yeah, they didn't they didn't really make that reference. So I, I didn't yeah. watch Do No Harm. I did watch My Own Worst Enemy, and I, I liked it. I didn't love it. But he's had, you know, he was on um, The Forgotten, which lasted one season, and I cannot remember which network that was. And then Breaking In on Fox, which lasted two seasons, but kind of like two and a half, like, sorry, one and a half, like it barely got renewed. It was a mid season. And then kind of, they switched up the premise a little. And, and I thought that was his strongest to date. Um, it was a comedy and, and I, and he really shined in that, but he's had just the worst TV luck. It's almost like you almost worry he's TV kryptonite, like at this point that 
he, he kind of is. I mean, it's not like they're going to, you know, make a Prince of Thieves 2 or anything. So. No, well, I mean, <laughs> no, it's true. But I think it helps that he's not the main character in this show. It's not that I don't think Absolutely. that Christian Slater can carry a show. I think Breaking In was kind of the closest. And he wasn't technically the main character. He was, you know, it was an ensemble. But I, I think that it, him as a side character, who's kind of like this mysterious figure, that mm. is the perfect place to put him because he is such an odd guy like I, I think as a hero it's hard to root for him he's got that that very um sort of anarchist look that uh shit disturber kind of thing going on and and in a non in a in a more devious non-likable way than the main character does so I think it's a really good space to put him where he's kind of you know in the shadows a little bit coming in and out and it's not you know you, you, the likability of the show isn't necessarily on his shoulders I think yeah, absolutely. Um, the crazy thing about this show is there's all kinds of product placement all over this thing. I did I not mean, even notice that. I guess I was. You really didn't notice yeah, all all safe. Come on, all safe is just you know another word for all state. I mean, it's it's an insurance show. I didn't even. <laughs> But I don't think, yeah, no. I mean, which is interesting because the show itself, I mean, they're saying a lot of, I was surprised at how bold, I, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I guess USA is not really known as like, you know, it's not HBO, right? But the some of the stuff they were saying about society in general was pretty bold. Um, it, it, was, it was sort of an attack on consumerism. So it's interesting that now you're saying that there was all this product placement to have that kind of within a show that, that pretty blatantly suggests that, um, the world is is a messed up place full of evil corporations. <laughs> that's kind of a, that's kind of ironic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, he, you know, by you know, like I said, by day, Elliot is a cybersecurity engineer, and he works at a company called Allsafe. Yeah. Now, are you are you seriously not going to sit there and think, hey, when's David Haysbert or when when when's uh Christ, I almost called him President Palmer. When's um. <laughs> when's, <laughs> When's Dennis Haysbert gonna show up and you know, you know, do his Allstate slogan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't even it didn't even make the connection. I really do like the show though. I like the overall pilot so far. The pilot episode was really really good. Um, I love how in one episode we've already got so much character buildup for the main character. Yeah. And we've got so much mysterious behind all these other evil corporations and everything else. And um, I, the one thing I'll say I don't think the pilot did too well is, and I, I, I guess maybe it's because the main focus was supposed to be on Elliot, which is fine. It didn't really flush out a lot of the other characters in his life and everything. Maybe we're supposed to feel the same way he does, but everything in the show, when he's interacting with other characters is so awkward. He even points it out to his best friend's date or boyfriend or whatever else. He's like, I don't mind it being awkward between us. <laughs> he just doesn't care. No, he, you're right. And it, it really was all, this was a one-man show, this pilot. It was a one-man show, I mean, which is interesting because you've got a big name like Christian Slater, and really he had maybe three, four scenes in the entire thing. Um, and it all rested on Elliot's shoulders, on that character. And, and um you know, I wouldn't say likability because you, you, you're drawn to him, but he's not exactly an outright likable character in many ways. So that was a risk to take. Uh, okay. Maybe I'll say identifiable character. Cause a lot of, a lot of geeks nowadays do have somewhat antisocial behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's, you know, it's funny because when I was watching it with my boyfriend, he, he compared him to Dexter right off the bat, which I went, well, that's a little harsh. But it's, yeah, interesting. it's interesting because it does, there is, there is a bit of a tie-in in the way that, you know, Elliot ends up hacking people and, 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 and sometimes bettering society by doing it. But I don't think that that's his real goal. I think, you know, like when he hacks the guy in the very, the very beginning of the, the pilot, the, um, the, in the coffee shop, yeah, yeah. Ron, the, the child uh, pedophilia peddler, um, he, I don't think he did that out of necessarily a sense to make the world a better place. He didn't really want money, but I think he does it because he has to hack people. He has this, this um, insane desire to get inside their heads, which is kind of similar.
similar, I guess, to the way that Dexter ends up making the world a better place by murdering bad guys. But it's more because Dexter needs to kill people, not because he's like a do-gooder. And I wouldn't say that Elliot is that bad, but he has some of that disconnect, that weird way mm -hmm. that it's hard for him to connect to people. And, I, and there's just more, there's definitely more of a glimmer of hope there that he has a heart, I would say. <laughs> but I, I thought that was an interesting comparison for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else did you notice or like or dislike about the show? Well, the first thing that, that I noticed was the narration, which, you know, for a while their narration was this thing that you'd kind of roll your eyes, oh, God, someone's going to narrate a show again. It's getting so trite. But this year, um, this is the second example, I think, of a show that's, that's turned narration on its head and, and made it a really integral, interesting part of the show. The first would be Jane the Virgin, which I don't know if that's, that's too girly for you or whatnot, but that definitely took it's too cw for oh, me so if that makes any sense well yeah yeah but that's superhero stuff right, though but the cw needs to diversify more and that to me is like old school. It, 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 anyway they had this fantastic narration that was tongue-in-cheek mm -hmm. it was like a running color commentary that was all full of jokes and and, a, and he was a character himself this guy he was like someone reading a story this this took narration and it made it as though, I mean, he says outright, he's talking to almost an imaginary person that he's invented in his mind because it's so difficult for him to talk to anyone in the real world. And so the narration took on a whole other level. I, I like that kind of creativity because sometimes narration helps a story, but it's, it was getting very, very old, and this reinvents that. So what you're saying essentially is this is a really, really young Tony Stark talking to Bruce Banner from Iron Man 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do? I don't know, I just... <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I, you know, the pilot, basically what happens, folks, to kind of spoil it just a little bit here, um, Elliot is recruited by this group, uh, and it's all this, com you know, this all this computer code and whatever else, and it's all this Mysterioso kind of stuff, and... You know, we get to another scene in Christian's, you know, I think it was a sub, the subway scene where Christian Slater says, if you didn't delete the file, follow me and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what What, what are you talking about? It's kind of like, um, um, it's kind of like social network meets the Matrix yeah. almost a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say the it's blue like, pill, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, are, are, are we getting colored pills now, too? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it ends on a really cool cliffhanger. I won't spoil that, but it just, I just, I am so in with this show. I will so be watching every episode Yeah. Uh, of the 10. Uh, jumping on our casting couch here, other than Christian Slater, I've never heard of any of these people. <laughs> no, I hadn't, you hadn't really either. Um, even the main guy, he looks familiar. I'm sure I've seen him somewhere, but I, I wouldn't be able to tell you where it was unless I IMDb'd him, which I, I think I did and it didn't help. <laughs> Yeah. He was um, he was in two of the two or three. He was in two, no all three um, uh, Night at the Museum movies. Uh, King Akamenra or whatever. Yeah, that that probably wasn't a. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your thing, huh? Yeah. All right, he was Benjamin in Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part Two. Of I I'm not a <laughs> He was watching some of those Twilight movies for pure fun. I would, I would go to the theater and just laugh out loud. It was, it, but I don't think I ever saw the final one because by that point I just I was out. He was in uh, Need for Speed from two years or from, from last year. Um, nope. that's probably where I remember him from. He was Andy in the Gilmore Girls, uh, whoa, one episode, two thousand four. Whatever that is, that's where I was from. <laughs> I couldn't say exactly who that was, but I, I'm sure I just picture that in my head right now. Yeah. That's it. Uh, 2010, he was Marcos Al Azar in 24. I don't know if that's um, Live Another Day or, or what it is. 2010. No, I thought, I thought Live Another Day was, no, that was last more year. recent. Yeah, that was last year. I so. if that was the final season of, of the, before the reboot. Might have been. He was also in the short-lived uh, Fox series Alcatraz. He was in one episode as Webb Porter. Um, he was in Believe as Dr. Adam Terry hmm. from last year. Uh, he was a voice uh, in The Legend of Korra as Tano. 
I don't watch that show. So, but I mean, no, I, I, I think his, you know, I think his performance was really interesting. Uh, you know, I'm ready to see more of, of his character and see what he can do. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed his, his casting. And I, I, again, he had to carry that whole pilot really on the strength of, of a very specific kind of charm. And I thought it was just perfect casting. You know, he's, he's attractive is let's face it. Like this is the, this is USA. They do deal in pretty people for them <laughs> for the most part. Um, but he's attractive in a way that is a little quirky, which is perfect because he's got the social anxiety. He has these big eyes that they, they do almost cut. You kind of, he kind of gets that like wide eyed bug eyed effect sometimes when he's staring at people. So it's believable that he, he's this socially awkward guy. Um, so I thought, yeah, it was, it was, a. Uh, yeah, very interesting, very interesting choice, and one that I think paid off very well. Portia Doubleday, who plays Angela in Mr. Robot, she was Isabella in 2013's Her. That's probably the only thing I recognize on her. Yeah, on no, her all list I know from her is the computer and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of the supporting characters, but it was a great movie, so... Uh, yeah, her character, her character's really interesting because, I mean, again, yeah, a lot of them got... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Got uh, short shifted, I guess, a little bit because they focused so much on him. But I kind of like that because you don't really know what you're going to get with these people moving forward. And their relationship is interesting because they don't really make a big deal about how these two have remained friends. And and yet he has this childhood friend. And this is a guy you would assume wouldn't have any childhood friends. And, you know, is he, does he have a crush on her? That's not really quite clear, but you know, he certainly hates her boyfriend. And he was, there was a whole awkward scene between the two of them when um, she found that naked uh, drug dealer. (laughs) That so was funny. Is that a potential romance? Maybe, but I kind of um, I like that dynamic. I think it'd be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, um, uh, Christian Slater. You know, we've kind of talked about him a little bit already. Um, he's had a huge film career. Uh, he was just in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine Two. I don't know why. Maybe he needed a paycheck. Um, so not into those movies. I watched the first one. The second one doesn't have John Cusack, then I'm out. Um, (laughs) for his TV career recently. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. Recently in the last three or four years, you already mentioned breaking in. He was on Entourage, uh, for an episode. He was the voice of Paul, the delivery guy on Phineas and Ferb. So that was kind of (laughs) cool. He was also a laser lord in Stan Lee's Mighty Seven from 2014. Uh, he did nine episodes of Archer. Uh, and I believe he was in the series finale of Two and a Half Men, and now he's in this. Um, the only film he's got coming up, uh, according to this, is The Adderall Diaries. I've never heard of it. That sounds very weird. <laughs> yeah. Um I like Slater. I do. It's going to, because we didn't see so much of his character here, I'm going to be really interested in paying attention to see what he does and how he and Elliot interact as the show goes on. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. We got uh, Carly Chaikin. She in the show is Darlene, one of the F Society hackers. Um. 
she has done some stuff, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's not. Uh, her debut was the Consultants in two thousand nine, so she hasn't done a lot of stuff. Yeah. She was on. She she was in that crazy Miley Cyrus film, The Last Song. Um, right, Miley Cyrus made a. Uh, yeah, let's not go. <laughs> Uh, let's she see. had hair and more clothes. I, I totally forgot about it. <laughs> my memory. Yeah, she was only this. Um, Darlene was only in one scene in this, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like I guess we know she's going to become a bigger part, but we have no idea what that is yet. I mean, she came across as that very stereotypical tough, ballsy chick who's you know the unexpected hot hacker, right? I guess. Um, Maybe that'll be some sort of relationship thing for Elliot. Who knows? Well, yeah, it was kind of... In that one scene, I did like how, you know, she just called him a dickhead outright, and he was kind of really confused by it. <laughs> Which I like because I feel like he's trained himself to, to imagine how people are going to react, if, like as how people normally interact, because he doesn't do it so well. And, and she kind of didn't interact that way at all. She was just sort of right out there calling people dickheads and walking off. And he was like, but that's not how people... Right? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting, but we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see. I people, if you want to go check this show out, um, it it's just even only after the pilot, I am just so interested to see where this goes and to see on you know even though this is a pretty light cast outside of you know Will Scarlet. Um, I'm interested to see how the story progresses and who they eventually bring in. Because USA shows that like this that start with a f- pretty much unknown cast, if they get two, three, four, five seasons down the road, they usually end up bringing in bigger names. Like if they, like, say the second season ends and by season three they're like, well, we need to shake something up. They'll bring in somebody like... Uh, Gina Torres or, you know, who who knows who else. You know, I mean, it, they'll bring in some big name. And yeah. that really sometimes isn't a bad thing. I think where TV sometimes fails is if you start with a big name and the pilot or the first season doesn't really capture yeah. the audience, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I personally, I, I really like newbies. I like that fresh start. I like that the main guy on this is someone that I don't um, really have a, a preconceived notion about, and I like that there's you know, you know, a couple of newbies around. That's something I enjoy watching as a viewer. I mean, that's what, that's what Lost was, and that was one of the most you know, successful cat from my, you know, cat from a casting perspective, it was a brilliant cast. And really there weren't a lot of people that you knew in that cast from other than from this thing here and there, you know? So you never know. Like I like taking a chance on the, the newbies and seeing how they grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I don't know. Lost didn't really, when it started, it had two big stars. Well, at least in the first season, it did. It had um, <laughs> it had Mr. Party of Five himself, but and I it had he t- wasn't a big star at that point. I mean, he had like a failed show. <laughs> he was both, like people knew him a little bit, but he he was making you know he was making the same rate as everybody else, and it like you know we I mean everybody I, knows about Charlie and Kirsten on Party of Five. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I I don't know, maybe. I, I, I honestly I turned into Lost for Dominic Monaghan, but I don't think like he was in Lord of the Rings, but if you weren't a huge Lord of the Rings fan, you really didn't think about the like the people in it other than some of the main you weren't like, Oh, that hobbit, I'd watch a show for him. Now I was obsessed <laughs> with Lord of the Rings, so I was like, I'm there. But I think yeah. you know, you wouldn't have had to he wouldn't he wasn't making the big bucks for that either. Yeah, the other big one I was thinking of was Terry O'Quinn for Lost, because once Terry O'Quinn shows up in something, you're going to remember a show that he's been in. Yeah, I, didn't or even, a... I did not even know um, Terry O'Quinn until Lost. Wow. No, I think I, I must have... You know what I did? He was like a jerk coach on the cutting edge or something. I think that might have been my, <laughs> so, my yeah. only... Uh, I mean, his face looked familiar, but it wasn't somebody that I um, had a strong association with, for sure. 
So before we kind of rate this and, and get out of here, exit stage left and all that, one thing that's interesting to me is how they are labeling the episodes. <laughs> have you seen this on Wikipedia? <laughs> if you if you um if you look at Wikipedia in the episode list, and I noticed this in iTunes, and I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Because I once I saw it was on demand uh, for the pilot, I'm like, oh, then it's probably free on iTunes because usually they'll do that kind of thing to, you know, promote the show, and they are doing it in kind of computer speak, like episode one, it's Eps one dot zero underscore hello friend dot mov oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) the second episode is eps one dot one underscore ones and zeros dot mpeg and (laughs) they're doing all this tech stuff with this is going to be one of the most original shows of the 2015-2016 season yeah it's that's the one lasting impression that i think I took away from the show was I really hadn't seen anything like it uh, at least and in a very long time. And especially for a USA show, I think it's particularly surprising because they don't always start off with um, very inventive concepts. Sometimes they grow into something that's a little more inventive, but it's, it's kind of a little bit play it safe for them. Um, fun, enjoyable shows that, that uh, yeah, this one was very, very unexpected. It really, really was. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be back in a moment with our final rating and uh, close out the show after this. The evolution is here. This is the new. The new. The all new. New and improved. This is the new Mark Who 42. You have reached your destination. With new reviews. New up-to-the-minute news. All new interviews. And don't forget new co-hosts. Bringing you the latest through the Hooniverse. And beyond. Join us at the new Mark Who 42. On the GeekCast Radio Network. Mark Who 42. The meaning of life. Rohit Mehta, you changed it to Ron when you bought your first Ron's coffee shop six years ago. Now you got 17 of them with eight more coming next quarter. May I help you with something? I like coming here because your Wi-Fi was fast. I mean, you're one of the few spots that has a fiber connection with gigabit speed. It's good. It's so good. It scratched that part of my mind, part that doesn't allow good to exist without condition. So I started intercepting all the traffic on your network. That's when I noticed something strange. That's when I decided to hack you. All right, we are back, and it is time to head to the GCRN review section where we review and give a rating on the overall episode so far for the pilot specifically. Uh... Jen, what are you going to rate Mr. Robot Season 1, Episode 1? I think I'm going to go with the four-star really liked it. Um, because it was an incredible experience, you know, but there's so much we don't know yet about how the show will evolve and how the other characters will evolve that it's it can't go beyond a four-star for me just yet. But I, I, think, I think it was definitely solid enough for... You know, it was one of those things I had to watch again because I was too involved while watching it to really even <laughs> rate it. So that says something. It says it really sucked me into that world and um, made me not really think about ratings until I could watch it the second <laughs> time, which is excellent. So I'd say, yeah, yeah four stars. 
Yeah, and honestly, with this show, I, I watched it two times as well because I, I wanted to make sure I saw every little aspect of the show and notice things that, you know, I might not have noticed on the first watch through. Um, but it's pretty clear the all safe. I mean, that's that that's like in, and it's actually in big blue letters. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, I, I'm up. <laughs> Um, for me, I'm also going to give it a four out of five, which is really liked it. Uh, like, like Jen said, we don't know enough yet about the show. We learned a lot about the main character and about the potential, um, you know, plot that he's going to have to get into, you know, evil court versus F society and all this and all that and whatever else. Um, but a solid four, it, I obviously we're you know we're not even out of the summer season yet we're not into the full on fall TV season but I'm just gonna say it right now this is at least in my top five for best new show for top five for shows that haven't started yet <laughs> well I'm just saying like, yeah you never know it, yeah you don't know but yeah I mean this is a show that I will probably watch until they eventually either cancel it or end it. Or whatever, you know. Um, I that unless it goes really downhill, a la Heroes, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they had to steal a, is it a Marvel or a DC thing? Heroes Reborn. Ugh. Talk about a show that had no reason to be bad. Uh, talk about a show that had no reason to be back is really what it well, is. Well, yeah, that too. But I mean, in the first place, how does a show about a bunch of superheroes that had a great first season go so wrong. It's, you know, I honestly think it's network and how they, I, I really think that this about any part of television at this point is when network decides to put the show on break. Like if, um, uh, perfect example is, you know, white collar, let's say they had their, their full on fifth season. What was it? 16 episodes. Let's say they had 10 out of the 16 done. They'll air the first seven, go on a three-month break, and then air the other, you know, whatever. That's really what I think kills shows, is the networks needing to put them on hiatus or break. I don't think it has anything to do with the show, unless the show, like you said, unless it actually turns out to be bad. But with the successful shows, I think it comes down to network brass, and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. I mean, I would have said I didn't like. I mean, things are different a little bit now because there, there always used to be, you know, the it's, it's September to May, and there's repeats here and there, and there's a longer break over Christmas, and that's sometimes true for for still a lot of the shows. Sometimes they'll choose to air um, a bunch in a row, like they did with Twenty Four, um, which I like. I agree that long breaks in between aren't always good, but then you have the AMC model, which works so well, and it shouldn't work so well, you know, it works with The Walking Dead, it worked with Breaking Bad, um, and and I think it depends on the expectation of the audience as well, mm -hmm. it depends on, they get used to knowing that, hey, I'm going to watch seven episodes of Mad Men, and then I'm going to come back a year later and watch seven more episodes, which is crazy, but somehow it works, I don't know how, but it does, and and I think part of that is if if you can... If, if it's good enough that people don't forget about it. Yo, buddy. Missed you last night. Where were you? Gotta go. Big meeting today. Did you find out what happened? Yeah, he said he was working. Oh, come on, you gotta talk to him. We're gonna be like the staff meeting. He can't stand me. And you know why, Angela. I can't have that kind of negativity in my life. That's exactly what I'm talking about. First time you came to me. I didn't exactly come to Krista. I was forced here, but I do like her. Hacking her was simple. Her password, Dylan2791. Favorite artist in the year in which she was born backwards. Though she's a psychologist, she's really bad at reading people, but I'm good at reading people. My secret, I look for the worst in them. 
I know she went through a divorce four years ago. I know she was devastated by it and has been dating losers on eHarmony ever since. Her most recent foray, Michael Hansen. I searched for him online, but nothing came up. No LinkedIn, no Facebook, nothing. Something about him bugs me. Scratching that part of my mind again, but I'll hack him soon enough. I always do. I know you're not yelling like before, which is good. But I can tell you're still holding on to it. We need to work on your anger issues, Elliot. You're angry at everyone, at society. Society. I know you have a lot to be angry about, but keeping it to yourself and staying quiet like you're doing, it's not going to help you. People get accustomed to the culture of certain networks and certain types of shows. Um, mm -hmm. And so when you do well on break, they accept that and it becomes a, an anticipation thing. And then in other cases, in a lot of broadcast shows, it's just sort of people forget. They just forget they, they exist. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is really crazy. Do you want to, uh, you want to do lunch today? Uh, yeah. I got other uh, plans. plans. Right. That's what you said the last three times I asked you. Uh, look, bud, you and Angela have been close for a long time. And that's even more reason why I want us to be on good terms. I, I just, I feel like things have been awkward between us. Don't you? I'm okay with it being awkward between us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not okay with that. Um, look, man, I love Angela, and I want us to, to get along for her sake. I mean, that's, that's what I'm kind of, that's what I'm here for. I just, I, I don't normally do stuff like this. Am I crazy not to like this guy? Among some of his Facebook likes are George W. Bush's Decision Points, Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen, and the music of Josh Groban. Must I really justify myself any further? So, folks, coming up here on Remote Control for the month of August, uh, we just started, as you heard in this episode, Jen and I talk about Mr. Robot from USA Network. Um, and coming up, because this pilot premiere episode came ahead of time, since the regular broadcast network stuff doesn't start until September, October, potentially even November. Through the end of July to the end of August, we're going to be running our broadcast network spotlight. What this is going to be is one episode each, five episodes, episode, the regular numbered episodes of Remote Control, episode one, two, three, four, and five. Each episode is going to be dedicated to talking about the history of each of the networks. So ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, WB, UPN, CW, whatever they're calling that network these days. <laughs> um, you know, who, who knows? Um, That's just idea. Yeah, yeah. WB and UPN got together, had a baby, and there you go. There's the CW. That's um, <laughs> basically what happened. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so in those episodes, uh, what we're going to do is we are going to pretty much, um, we're going to go like, we're going to give you a history lesson, but it's not going to be a history lesson where, oh my God, in 1967 this happened, or 1975 this happened. What it's going to be is it's, we'll have five different topics, I believe, if I can, okay, yeah. We will have five total different toppings. Topics. We'll talk topics. about the beginnings. <laughs> topics, not toppings. No, you can't have any ice cream. It's too late. Yeah. Uh, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, first one will be beginnings of each network. So we will talk about how each of them came about. You know the and how I've done this is uh, we're going to start with ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, and the CW. How I've done this with the air date order of the podcast is. ABC was the first network in 1948, and then came CBS and NBC and Fox and so on and so forth. The next topic we'll talk about is what made the networks famous. So was it news broadcasts? Was it a certain show? Whatever. We'll also talk about the biggest successes and failures of each network because oh. none of these five have had all successes. They've all had failures that we can talk about sure more than the successes i guess uh, yeah good thing that 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 show about nothing didn't really go. oh wait i'm sorry um 
Uh, and then we're going to, this is going to be uh, difficult for some of the hosts. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to list our top five favorite shows of each network. So each host will come up with their own top five favorite list. And I know that's hard to do considering a lot of these networks have been around for decades and decades. And then to kind of wrap up each of these episodes, we'll talk about the future of the network, where we see each one going, where we hope to see it going, that kind of thing. So that's what's coming up here in Remote Control. Jen, you got anything you want to pimp out before we get out of here? No, not at this point. I do not. Uh, yeah, no. Got not, no pimping to do, unfortunately. Would have wasted opportunity. where can the good people interact with you if they would like to the best place is always twitter i'm a a super twitter uber obsessed person so at kit couch potato on twitter is is where you'll find me all right folks so coming up next is remote control episode one where we will be talking about the american broadcasting company we will catch you then remember Keep fighting over that remote control. Thank you for tuning into Remote Control. There are several ways to get in contact with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can email us, feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can leave us feedback in iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. You can become a fan of us on Facebook by searching Geekcast Radio Network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name, 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Remote Control and wish that you'll tune in next time to hear what TV topic we'll be talking about. Get those remotes ready because we are all remote controlled. Sir, go on in. Sir, go on in. Bonsoir, Elliot. Please tell me you're seeing this too. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.